up, you fuckers. Hello. I just want to mention that when I was a child, I slipped and fell on a banana peel. No lie. Uh, so, yeah. I was expecting uh, something along the lines of you were touched by your uncle or... Oh, yeah. Well, when I was a child... Dirty Uncle yeah. Harry used to touch me in my asshole. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Whoa, it's Jesus. episode seven. You schmucks that are listening out there. This is try number two, since I have a four-year-old uh, MacBook that decided to crap out on me this morning. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately so. We we had some content for you fellas out there. We were damn near done. Listen. We were. <laughs> Fifteen <laughs> minutes, and we would have been d- good to go. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Uh, crapped out. Hey, it all it happens. It happened to me before as well, so it's all good, I suppose. No problems there. But uh episode seven for you guys, we are gonna do some good stuff for you. This episode we're actually gonna be spinning it up two ways, talking about some uh politics. Is that right? Are we talking about politics? Uh, I, yeah, we've got a couple of things that we could talk about with politics. Probably yeah. the bigger part of it. Uh, outside of our usual bullshit of uh, current events, is uh, I think we're going to try and do a full review, spoilers, of, included, uh, yes, of um, the Hateful Eight. Yes, Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, and Whoa. it's a uh, it's a good one too. But we're going to wait to reveal all of our thoughts and ideas and uh, spoilers until the end of this podcast, about uh, thirty minutes in or so. So we'll let you guys know. That way we're not ruining the motherfucker movie for you. Yeah, 10 minutes but, into the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it all up or something. Yeah, they all die. What? <laughs> okay. It's not true. It's not a spoiler if it's not true. But, um, yeah, so we were talking, uh, the podcast that we didn't upload about these damn hoverboards, right? Uh, that well, that they're all a, over the place and they're blowing up people's face. One. Yeah, a the hoverboard Amazon came out and literally told people, "Throw away your hoverboards because the fuckers are blowing up. Yeah, they're catching fire. They're blowing up in people's houses. They're having to throw them in ponds and lakes. They're outside. They're in the hood, and they got you. Know, we we actually had a story in town of two of them riding it at the same time uh, down the middle of one of the major sections in uh, Alexandria. Yeah, and." Both of them fall off. Both of them knock themselves out in the middle of the street. And their hoverboard catches fire. <laughs> All at the same time. Oh, damn. Yeah. What, Amazon, both? Amazon came out. Even the ones that they're like four or $500, not, mm-hmm. not the super cheap ones. But they've, they've told people, throw them away. You don't yeah, them yeah. House. Just get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, yeah I mean, if you... Uh, if there are, you know, people can pay for these things and, you know, pay pretty good money for it, like, you know, 1500 bucks or so for these things. And I'm sure those are okay, but even $500 and they're, and they're blowing up under your feet, shit, no. I wouldn't want to waste my money on it. That's, I'll waste my money on something else, but I'm not going to yeah. waste my money on that. Especially, you know, the people that are around this area, I don't see many of them because I'm in such a populated area that a lot of people take their vehicles around. Um, and it's, it's almost dangerous of sorts to actually go on the sidewalk and, and, uh, walk or, you know, even ride one of these hoverboards. But I have seen people ride around on them, like in the, the malls and a few places like that. And, and it's always these fat fucks on them. Like, <laughs> the people that don't need to be on them are, are the people that are on them. And they're, they're banning them from a lot of places. Of course, uh, ULL, uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette, 
um, College of Louisiana. Uh, today, my fiance told me that they banned him from campus, and if Holy they shit. see you riding him, apparently they'll take him away and like fine you, um, set amount of dollars or what have you um, for him, because they're they're they they are a safety hazard, and I I understand that, but people are being dumb with them as well. You know, they're they're blowing up the internet, they're blowing up you under your feet. Yeah, it, it's definitely a safety hazard. I could I could see why. There's a lot of conspiracy theories though going around that the government is a is a part of this. That if if they're not making money off of something, then um, you know, then they're gonna start putting laws out to make money off of them. So like the day after Christmas, they announced a, a ton of laws. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, they announced a ton of laws that banned you know these particular hoverboards from sidewalks. Or if you are on sidewalks, you have to wear a helmet. And if you're not wearing helmets, it's like two hundred dollar fine plus they take the hoverboard. So it's crazy, you know. People are, you know, I I can agree. You know, the the authorities are, ta- you know, putting their foot down on it, but you know, it's it's pretty crazy stuff. Hey, you know, they did the same thing with the uh, drones not too long ago too. Now now all of these drones have to be uh, registered with the FAA. Really, uh, I did not know yeah, that for the for flight because it's. But you've got these idiots that are flying over like airports. Yeah, exactly. You know, so or I, military bases. And shit. Don't you don't do that. That is that people. I don't know how much it is that that the you know, oh the government's out to take my job. Take you know, my job. <laughs> I don't know how much of it is that, and how much it really is just. Why? Why the fuck do you have your drone over an airport? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and they they had a story in Texas not too long ago about a a, uh, a guy shooting somebody's drone down because it was spying on his daughter in the backyard. Oh damn! <laughs> they shoots it down with a shotgun. And you can they, get in trouble for that. Yeah, they were suing the uh, the guy who shot it down. Oh damn! Yeah, because because he destroyed the guy's property. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, it's, and it's more or less I forgot the exact term for it but it's um shooting you know shooting out uh like almost almost the same as shooting up at an airplane and of course like hitting it or what have you of course it's not but i mean i would do the same thing if someone was flying or drone around my home and you know i would take some kind of effect to it you know because those things can go pretty far about a mile and a half i have an uncle that has one he's he it's a a lot of fun to fly him around but they go to like a mile and a half to two miles away from you Mm -hmm. and you know you can you can you can pick up some some uh, some stuff with that, you know, oh, and then yeah. you can view it all from right from your little cell phone or display that it comes with. Yeah, and so, stream yeah. it. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, I, I can understand why they're doing it. These hoverboard stuff because they've blown up on online. It's that's that's where it's really stemming from. So I, I think it, it's only going to get worse before yeah. they find a solution to it. And I think they were originally trying to blame it on the way in which people are charging them, like they're charging them wrong. Like, fuck, I, I can charge my iPhone a hundred different ways, and it's not going to fucking blow up on me. <laughs> it's it's that yeah. cheap shit. It's the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, it's that. the cheap boards they get from China mm-hmm. that they're putting into things to, to make them cheaper. Yeah, uh, and the and fucking that's car batteries are going inside of there. Yeah. Oh, Just yeah. like 15 AA batteries or something that's inside there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, the um, yeah, it's a fad that I think will go away. I, I'm almost 100 sure it'll go away. Um, at least I hope it will, because I hope that uh, you know I don't want to be gifted that for Christmas. I don't. I wouldn't. I would play with it for about five minutes, and I thought it would. I think it would be fun. 
Mike Tyson play with it and fell his ass off of it. You saw that gif? Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty the funny stuff. The only person to knock out Tyson was Mike Tyson. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali, you dick. Huh? Okay. Uh, didn't Ali b- beat Mike Tyson? Uh, Ali Two different George eras. Foreman. Two different yeah. eras, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. I don't know shit. I do not know shit. I just realized my uh, my window's open and my neighbors are going to be pissed off at me. But I don't like they bitch asses. Because they smoke and it stank. It stank them bitches. Well, don't they fuck around and, and come in at all hours of the night anyway? And yeah, and- yeah, that's true too. So, <laughs> so, so fuck them. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, related to, to box office news, I'm glad actually we messed up the the previous podcast because we quoted something. Uh, we In the previous podcast, we talked about how – that we didn't post again, the one that messed up for you guys. But um, we talked about how – uh, Star Wars was doing and how they're going to be the number one grossing um, movie of or all time. We, and we thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. That when when would it happen? Of course, it's going to happen. But when would it happen? And today, the same day that we talked <laughs> yeah, about it, yeah. uh, they announced that they did um, beat out Avatar, which was the previous um, uh, grossing record, film of all time. Holder, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which, that would have been awkward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, these schmucks don't know what they're talking about. These bitches. Yeah, because by the time we uploaded it, <laughs> it would have uh, it would have been it done to, everywhere. Yeah, everybody would have known it's the number one. And here we are sitting. Well, I know it. Surely it'll happen. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's still got a couple of days. Yeah, but um, as of Wednesday, six point two million gross from Star Wars: Force Awakens. Not only is it the number the number one most grossed film of all time, it, it did it faster. Forty five days for Avatar to gross set amount and it took um star wars 20 days i believe yeah Yeah. and not only that but also um it's not even released in japan i'm sorry china yet so it it comes out in china in two days on the ninth and uh disney's trying to push some heavy heavy marketing in china almost to the extent like they're really trying to push i think it's bb8 is that the new uh yeah the droney droid Yeah. yeah the new droid um like BB-8 supposed to be kind of mimicking the culture and environment. Apparently, I'm not sure you've seen the film. I didn't, but um, it's supposed to be mimicking and kind of cater towards Chinese uh, people of sorts. Um, I suppose I'm not sure. Um, I read one comment from one random person on the internet, and that's what I think now. But because <laughs> um, well, you can believe everything on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Like I read something that we, we all come from trees now, and I believe like I'm in touch with the nature now. I'm, I'm in touch with it, and so I'm going out and outside. I'm making sure I'm not stepping on the grass and. You know, when my dog shits, I smear it into the grass to fertilize it a little bit better. and Or I pick it up myself and I eat it and chew it and spit it back into it so it really is fertilized. So. Like but, it can be one with you too? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. one. I'm one with nature and nature is one with me. So I, re- I really like that. I, li- I like now that you idea. just one with being a dumbass. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I thought, especially when it comes out on DVD and, and Blu-ray, and you could you could see that it was going to happen regardless. Oh yeah, um, because I, I really believe fully that the full-on Star Wars fans are seeing it at least twice. Oh yeah, I would say and, I would say so. The full-blown Star Wars fans oh, are yeah. seeing it and, twice, if not more. Oh, and, and most some of them are seeing it an exorbitant amount of times more, like you said. Whereas mm-hmm. with Avatar, I think everybody went and saw it once, yeah, and that was its major, major claim to fame. Which why it took, which why it took it forty five days. Yeah, exactly. You know, first couple of people saw how incredible that the movie was, at least from a visual standpoint. 
because mm-hmm. I never really cared for the story, but the the visual standpoint was fantastic, and, and everybody went and saw it. But we're, we haven't even hit Blu-ray and DVD sales, and we've we've destroyed. And, and I didn't know that it hasn't come out in China yet. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, and for Avatar to be take that mantle, take that crown of number one grossing, uh, fastest grossing film of all time. Um, to take that crown, I, I don't, I never liked Avatar. I never, I, I only seen it once, and uh, I waited until it came out on Blu-ray. I just never liked it. It's not that good of a film for me. And that now that he's pushing out some more of the, like two more um, sequels to Avatar, you know, I'm not too excited about it. But I'm, I'm happy. I think everyone knew it was going to happen. The Force Awakens hits number one, uh, fastest grossing film. I think everybody knew it was going to happen, and it's, it's just going to make more money as well with these what four or five extra movies that are coming out is it five of them well they've announced episode eight episode nine and there's supposed to be now a han solo anthology mm-hmm. there's supposed to be a star wars um like rogue i guess it's supposed to be in the same universe but it's with different characters kind of thing next year yeah i was reading and up on that one it's actually not next year it's this year which is crazy what we just had a Star Wars film come out, and now we're in 2016, and it's next. Well, it's you know a year from now, taking 12, 12 months technically well, yeah. I, away I'm still from writing, us. I'm still writing 2015 on every time I write the date, anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and, and they just announced a Boba Fett anthology. Oh, so Boba yeah. Boba Fett's getting his own movie. Nice. So that would be even cool. Adding more to it. Yeah, and yeah. I really, so I really were, wish that. Abrams was going to stay on to actually direct all of the films. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's going to stay on as a as a um, producer, lead producer mm-hmm. for the next ones. Um, which it'll be good for him to still give creative insight. But he was the perfect person to revitalize that series, just in the same way he revitalized Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I can't wait to see it. Um, we talked about going to. Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, when I visit, and because uh, they've got a nice IMAX theater there, I definitely want to go see it there. And I was thinking too that our wives could chime along, and they got the boardwalk right there, nice shopping. Go ahead, get the wives over there, get, have them spend a little bit of money, but not all that shit. Because I'll come over there and give you that. Go to hey there, Fred. You come back and tell me you spent a hundred dollars. Get the fuck money. out of here. She's not getting any money. She's sitting in the fucking theater. <laughs> I'm getting the. She's sitting in the theater. In the theater. No. Uh, oh shit. Uh, mine will will love to go and see it again. Thankfully. Oh okay. So she'll go, and uh, I guess we'll have to drag yours in with us. So. Well, she wants to. My fiance wants to see it as well. Oh um, well, good. I just got to figure out what to do with my son. Oh goodness. I used to make jokes and was like, "What? What? What am I going to do with my damn son?" But. I'm sensitive now. He sleeps so cute. He's my baby boy. I gotta go and give him a kiss. One second. (laughs) He's the fruit of my loins. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, okay, that's cool. Let's make a big date of it. Um, I just wanted to have a bromance date with you. (laughs) God, he doesn't love me. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to definitely see it. And then I'll be able to chime in, and by then I would assume that we could give a little movie review of uh, The Force Awakens after it's been hammered down so many times on every podcast we do. Of course, and, and yeah. after everybody else has probably talked about it yeah. a thousand times. So. I, there, there are a few podcasts that I listen to that I'm 
skipping listening to a particular podcast that they have out because it is their review of um, of The Force Awakens, and I'm, I'm upset because I can't uh, listen to it. Speaking of this podcast, um, do I have a particular set of podcasts that I usually listen to? Do you do you have your like top three podcasts? I'm interested to know what your top three podcasts are. Of course, we are podcasters ourselves, professional at that, I would assume, right? And, I, I think so. Of the yeah. 40 people that, that won't listen to the last one, I think well, they enjoyed it. Exactly, um, which we appreciate, oh, you, yeah, thanks, you guys. fuckers, and thanks yeah, for leaving all the guys. comments, you damn bitches. I'm going to come to your house and put you to the fucking wall. Anyway. Hey, um, Fred. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to give you the halo, Fred, little <laughs> fucker. Um, so, yeah, what, what are some podcasts you listen to? You know, I, I'm... The Trailer Park Boys podcast is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen funny. to it every week. I, I fell in love with that series when they had put it on Netflix before they revitalized it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the NPR content, Car Talk is hilarious. Um, I haven't listened to that one. Oh, that's with, by NPR, too. Yeah. They click, have just a slew of stuff. Oh, yeah. Car Talk, uh, This American Life. Uh uh, they do wait wait don't tell me which is a game show and it's it's pretty good. Hmm. But car talk is hilarious. Two two guys from Jersey that talk cars. People call in and, and ask questions about cars. Oh, that's funny. So like a real like radio, a hosting of sorts. Well, but it's on it the is, interwebs. It is their radio broadcast that they put every every Sunday that comes on NPR and they make oh. it a podcast. Oh, of course, so of course. It's okay. not just a basic sit down like we attempt to do here. It's a full on radio broadcast that they put as a podcast on yeah. online um and i'm pretty partial to the guys with um the hammer house project they've yeah they've got uh pretty good stuff going over there with a lot of good content so oh yeah yeah absolutely uh, that's the three that i make sure that i listen to every week when they launch a new one yeah yeah i i i'm very towards the comedy podcasts so like my number my, my top two is probably bill burr's monday morning podcast which is hilarious Absolutely love it, and then Joe Rogan Experience. I'm not sure if you listen to the Joe Rogan Experience. I, I haven't, but it's, yeah. it's been at the top top charts for a long oh, time. Oh yeah, he's been doing it for like t- oh, ten years almost, or something yeah, like that. Like when so. he was just messing around on like UStream or something. But I only listen. I don't listen to every single one that he pushes out because he has guests on his show, and some of the guests I don't, uh, you know either know or i don't necessarily listen to or really worry about that lance armstrong was on there i don't care that you doped up for the tour de france or whatever ball yeah. <laughs> uh you skinny bastard <laughs> but um yeah joe rogan experience is a lot of fun uh bill burr's podcast is a lot of fun i do enjoy the hammer house projects i listen to them every sunday when they push out uh content um i think those would be my three it's kind of tough, man. I list, I literally have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 podcasts, like uh, channels that I listen to, 14 that I listen to um, periodically throughout you know the day. I do a lot. Of, I do a bit of driving. Um, I may be doing more driving. And, of course, with these trips that I have coming up because I'm going to Louisiana in a few weeks, in a week or so, pretty right around the corner. And then uh, Hawaii in the end of February, and then I'm getting married. So uh in april and i'll be um traveling a ton so i'm racking up some podcasts to listen to i can imagine uh the um retin link from uh their youtube channel also has ear biscuits uh, ear biscuits yeah and it's i've only listened a few i've only listened to a few i do uh watch retin link every so often yeah um their podcasts are pretty good i haven't listened to many of them though i'm not subscribed uh, but i definitely definitely will because i do like them 
pretty good. And and for them, they they are able to bring in a lot of uh, YouTube personalities and stuff like that for their um, their podcast for guests, and that and that makes it a little bit more enjoyable than say their um, Good Mythical Morning. Mm-hmm. Which I think Good Mythical Morning has been on for a, a good while. Yeah, yeah, uh, since the start weekly. of the internet almost. Well, no, not that one. They've been on the internet for a while, but their Good Mythical Morning series has been on the internet still a pretty good while. Yeah, and and they they're one of those another one of those success stories with YouTube that they moved from North Carolina where they were from and went to California and, and they do all their work out of California now. Yeah, which um, a lot of these big studios are out of, and they're. Tons and tons of these YouTube studios are out of California, which mm-hmm. makes sense because it is a big capital of uh, digital media and everything like that. Speaking of YouTube, how's your little YouTube channel going? Your little YouTube, your YouTube channel. How's it going there, guy? Uh, because we've been moving, I have so much content that I need to edit down that I have not put up anything since, like, Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've got a good bit of stuff that I've got to work on here in the next couple of days. Uh, which more than likely I'll work on that this evening um, to try and get some sort of content out. We we have regular people that were commenting and they were being and they were engaging and, and that kind of stuff. But now that we finally moved and, and we have a little bit more room to work with, um, we're going to be able to start pushing out more content. I've got to get the setup for our lighting and uh, I found another point and shoot camera that I have that does pretty well with. Uh, video so we can use the video for it especially when we do our um super fight and our um cards against humanity when y'all come in yeah yeah uh, which i'll upload more than likely either to the schmucks podcast youtube i believe mm-hmm. um yeah because i know but, you guys like to keep your podcast pg pg 13 sometimes well and because, uh, i believe when we play that game we get a little bit of we get a little crazy especially when you knock back a few beers Right. <laughs> well, I, I have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Martin, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Martin. But because of where I work, the visual media I attempt to keep as lowbrow as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, because we push that out on Facebook, and we um, do a little bit more promoting with that one. Um, so I certainly... You know, I had we had a uh, series that we were doing called Thirsty Thursday. Every Thursday, we were pushing out reviews on alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I made sure that every episode had a disclaimer of "Don't drink and drive." Yeah, <laughs> uh, be responsible with exactly. your alcohol. Twenty-one yeah. and older. Uh, and I never drank on camera. Uh, whereas with this one, because it's an audio media, and I could give two fucks less about what people think about <laughs> me out here, <laughs> I can. Say what the fuck I want. Yeah. And with the Schmucks podcast one, even with that one, we don't. I don't share that one to social media as much any either, with the exception of Twitter. Um, yeah. And even with which not many people of our family members yeah, are on. And I don't people keep that family out. members on it at all. Yeah. So, um, I don't think my mom would know how to even work Twitter. What's that twat? What's a twat? What's my, a twat? My, my mother attempts, and and you know. Lord, Lord, love her. She she barely can work the Apple computer that she has, let mm-hmm. alone when she gets on Twitter to post the same stupid content over and over again. <laughs> which sometimes that's what I feel like I do on Twitter, but mm-hmm. at the very least, I know how to work it. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, at least your you know your drinking and things like that um, aren't as bad as this Russian guy. I, went, I came across this article 
on uh, on the good old Reddits, and uh, it's the entitled "Russian Man Wakes Up in Morgue After Too Much Drinking." And he goes back to the party. <laughs> um, so uh, what happened apparently was that the, a man in Russia woke up in the morgue after having been declared dead. Uh, before the incident, he was ba- drinking a ton of vodka at a party, and uh, he was mistakenly taken for dead. Passed, uh, oh, I'm sorry, taken for dead, passed out after drinking too much, um, someone reported. Now, uh, they, well, what happened? He, he passed out, took a ton of, drank a ton of vodka. He passed out, and his friends called an ambulance. And they hastily said that, yeah, he, he's dead. So they brought him over to the morgue. Um, however, when the guy woke up, he was he was freezing. He said he woke up, and then he just went back to the party. So, you know, it's not as bad Jesus. as that guy. Well, you know, most of those Russians run on uh, vodka to begin with. So, oh, yeah. It's, through, um, it's in their veins. Well, that, and it's probably completely fucking miserable to live in Russia. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so if you could stay... In a general state of dismay and drunkenness, I'm sure that that I would too. So yeah, Vladimir uh, Putin's not the the best man to be running that country, I suppose. I, but, well, no, he probably is. He's better yo, than what uh, we've got, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the the entire the entirety of that, I can only imagine that the only reason that that happened with those ambulance drivers is they caught them right when they were trying to go home. And yeah, just like <laughs> Vladimir, he's fucking dead. Pretty Lord, or put him in the morgue. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 I've noticed that Russia doesn't give a fuck about people. No, <laughs> like Russia and Germany not. are two people, that, like like two countries that don't really give a fuck about anything. Um, you know, I know that uh, Germany, they, they're very, um, they can't escape the fact that the Holocaust happened. As much as they want to admit it that you know it didn't happen, or uh, that they kind of try to cover it up, they. It, you can't escape it, and people are going to call them Nazis for the longest time. Which I would want to visit Germany. Um, you probably could find some some ancestors out there, right? Uh, well, because we're German Jews, I'm sure we can. Uh, which <laughs> One is side of it, hilarious in itself. One side of the family hates the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it another Jewish stereotype that Jews hate themselves anyway? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, fuck a Jew. <laughs> uh, but unless you're J.J. Abrams right now. I guess, um, but with uh, with that especially, um, Germany doesn't attempt to hide the fact that it happened. Um, they they acknowledge it, and they they you know that was a time period in which that happened. But they mm-hmm. they completely outlaw the use of of um, saluting you know using the old Heil Hitler salute. To the oh, candidate. really? They don't it's, like they don't fuck with that, huh? No, no, you can't. So, it's, so a, if, it's an actual so like, crime. They'll put your ass in jail. For wow! That. Oh yeah. man! Like so, if you're like if you're on their Ars YouTube or whatever they call it over there, yeah. and you like you're making a parody, they'll probably put you in jail. Is I it think that? I think it's if extreme? you do it in public. Oh, okay. If you're caught in public attempting or doing that, they they will. But um, yeah. You, you, like even with tour buses and stuff like that, if you go on a tour, usually they completely skip over the history between 1938 <laughs> and 1945, just because yeah. it is kind of a blight on on the history of of Germany. Yeah, um, but they they don't attempt to say that it didn't happen because it did, uh, and the like Auschwitz is still there. Um, they and you can tours. tour it, right? Yes, you can tour through Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, the Zyklon B gas um, that they use to kill Jews 
actually turned the showers that they were pumping the gas in where they died. Mm -hmm. It turns the walls of the showers the prettiest shade of uh, blue. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And apparently it's it's like a breathtaking uh, shade of blue on the walls. Dang. And you um, just stand there where, you know, tons of thousands, tens of thousands of people have died. Yeah. On top of each other. Jeez. It's incredible. That's um, crazy. I w- that would be a place I would love to visit. Yeah. Apparently, um, the Syrian refugees have not made it that great of a place to go any longer, although it's usually not a good idea for Americans to travel outside of the country any longer. Yeah. Um, I still want to. I don't care. I, there's I there's some too. places that are okay to go. Australia. There's nothing going down in Australia. You can uh, visit no, there. But the the kind of the turmoil that's happening with uh with with the refugees and stuff like that in a lot of a lot of these cities even um there's been a lot of tension within uh, Great Britain mm-hmm. right now with with a bunch of them uh that are they're trying to get more and more um sharia law um which is the islamic law to be followed you know women have to be you know well you know dressed a certain way and this yeah. kind of stuff yeah. it's it's kind of it's odd um, but, um, I still think it would be, it would be fun to go and visit, um, all of these different places, but, uh, but you're right. That, that's, um, but I always thought we had a foreign exchange student, um, when we, that we, we went, went to high, high school, school with, yeah, he, yeah. he went, yeah, he was, yeah. uh, he was from Germany. And that, that was a major thing that he was saying is that, that you just don't do that in, in, you know. In public, you, they don't really talk about it. Another strange thing is that they don't really talk about religion. They don't have, um, they don't talk about going to church. Church mm-hmm. is not something that you know they go as a family with, and they meet up and they go and that kind of stuff. Well, it's a very non-churchy religious country. They're, a lot of the population is very atheist, and they uh, or something related to that. Um, yeah, most and, of Europe is though too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also that Germany, you know, they won't recognize Scientology as a religion, which I can agree with, but it, you know, they won't do it because it's very brainwashy and they don't want to be a part of that. Cause of course the, since the Holocaust happened and stuff, they don't want to kind of be, have anything related to that environment of, you know, brainwashing or, uh, or, you know, whatever, all these claims that Scientology has. So, it's uh yeah they they won't they won't touch any of that stuff. So. Another f- a funny story with with that South Park, um, you know of course did an episode on Scientology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Isaac Hayes, I believe was his name that did the voice of Chef. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a Scientologist. Oh and really? He, and they he, did it on his show. <laughs> he got so pissed off that that was the reason that sh- that he left the show, and I always thought that was kind of contradictory because they were. Depicting Satan with uh, a gay relationship with Saddam Hussein. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know Jesus was just a regular guy with a talk show. Yeah. on a, a South Park public radio or public television. You know, but oh, can't talk about Scientology. Oh yeah, no, don't be doing that shit. South Park's on their game with the fencing of uh, of, of different people. They offend everything, but oh, it's yeah. but it, and then and then every afterwards, anybody could watch a South Park episode. And get offended, but at the end of the day, you have to say, "What well, South Park? <laughs> it's going to happen. You're going to get pissed off, but it, it doesn't matter." Like the 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 Pope could watch an episode of South Park, and probably at the end of it, it's like, "Ah, it's South Park. Yeah, you go to bed now." <laughs> he wouldn't oh, care because yeah. it's South Park. You we understand. 
Well, but yeah, and, he and left. Wow, that's crazy. It is a big thing for for that because you know it's really one of the last couple of mediums that does attempt to bring out the you know the stupidity of what the political correctness crowd especially this season they they went after the political correctness crowd mm-hmm. with PC principle and if you get to, get to watch uh, this season i don't think you've you've kept up with it i haven't i haven't um, kept that within a while but it, they it brings out and it touches on subjects that most shows stay away from yeah, oh yeah absolutely um, because of the worry for it being not um, politically correct, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a big reason I, I enjoy it. So. Yeah, I, I do need to watch it more. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen the I haven't seen any of the um, episodes in a very very long time. So, but yeah, they do uh, tiptoe on the boundary of offending people. They, they probably full blown offending offend people, and uh, you know they tiptoe on the boundary of what's legal or not too in, in a lot of situations. I'm sure they have lawyers over there that are like an amazing apparently. Well, it's it's ran for almost 20 years now. Yeah, um, and they make Comedy Central a shit ton of money. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I really doubt that uh, they have to worry about losing their show. Somebody will pick it up, and you've seen that with Netflix and Hulu. That there's been a lot of these shows. Excuse me. There's been a lot of these shows that have that have been canceled by their networks, and they're getting picked up by this these these um, streaming services. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the Mindy Project was the one that my wife watches with Mindy Lahiri, mm-hmm. who did. Um, I don't know if that's her name, but that's her name in the show. Yeah, she, she was, was in the Office. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she loved that show, and it was it was canceled by Fox, and it was picked up by Hulu, and they've huh. started doing doing shows. Trailer I had no Park idea. Boys um, was dropped by their Canadian. Uh, network no uk was it uk oh wait 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 no nova scotia oh i'm sorry i'm thinking about the next tv show i'm about to talk about (laughs) uh it was it was dropped and and they were picked up by netflix and and they're making a shit ton of money yeah more money than they were with uh uh shoot i forgot what their what their network was called but uh top gear is one too that they they bbc completely bbc canned the hosts of top gear and uh, they kept Top Gear because that's their brand, and of course Amazon Prime now has um, the host, and it, it, it's Top Gear. I'm not sure if you ever watched the UK Top Gear, um, uh, the original. That was the only good one. Yeah, exactly, because they had yeah. the Top Gear US, and it was horrible. But uh, Top Gear you know, UK of, of sorts um, was amazing, and there was Jeremy Clarkson. Clarkson, I, I can't yeah, remember the I guy's name. It's been name. some time since I've seen it, but he was the main one. Apparently, he hit, he like punched one of the producers in the face. I, and th- like, I thought it was a caterer. Maybe it was. Maybe he punched it punched a caterer in the face or something like that. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. yeah. I know he punched somebody that was, was semi important in the face, and then they either complained or they were somebody that could com- that could do something about it. And uh, so they canned him. The other two host- hosts left as well. Amazon picked it up, and they're having fun with Amazon too. Apparently, they had they had a um, Jeremy had a commercial with Amazon uh, promoting the Amazon uh, Fire TV. And he was like going mm. through the list. He was like, "This thing has everything. It has Netflix, Amazon Prime." And then he goes over to the next app, and it's the BBC and Now app or whatever it is. And these guys, and he keeps going. <laughs> so he's having fun with it. Um, but yeah, the, it, these streaming networks, which I absolutely love. I, I 
I try to push everything towards going towards the streaming market, kind of getting away away from the the grasping hands of the cable networks, um, because I we can get our content the way we want. If I don't necessarily have to, I don't even have to subscribe to any one of these sites to to get the content legally um, or illegally. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know, you it's it's convenient to have. It's it's quick, instant gratification. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even like going to the red box cause I think it's an inconvenience. Plus I don't like the idea of doing that, um, paying a buck, you know, there's, there's many different ways I can get content from the comfort of my home, own home without even leaving. Um, so yeah, I, I'm more for that. Get more content on there and they're getting good content too. Good premium, um, originals on there. You know, Hulu has some Netflix has a ton of them, of course, and, uh, Amazon prime and stuff like that as well. Yeah, some of the best shows that I've watched here in a in a good while. Even even um, Orange is the New Black. That's yeah. a great series that was started by Netflix, and Netflix is pushing out a lot of these. House of Cards is awesome, absolutely yeah. awesome. It's run through Netflix. And Daredevil's Hulu, awesome. Hulu is pushing out their own exclusive content. Yeah, um, they are. So really, instead of me paying, you know, my cable provider forty fifty dollars for some. You know, a hundred channels. Yeah. Which only maybe 20 of which I'm going to watch. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then with that, like, mainly I'm only going to watch ESPN. And specifically with ESPN, if I just get base package for that 50 bucks from, you know, Suddenlink, okay? Mm-hmm. If I do that, I'm only going to get two channels of ESPN. If I want ESPN U, if I want ESPN News, if I want ESPN, you know, Fuck off! If I want ESPN <laughs> to watch college football through the through the season, I've got to buy another package. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I want to watch movies with HBO, I have to buy another package, which is twenty dollars for HBO, twenty dollars for Showtime, usually ten dollars for Cinemax. Yeah, they nickel and dime you to the point to where, okay, why wouldn't I just go directly to the company? HBO now has their own um, direct service. Yeah, Showtime HBO now. now has their own direct service. Um, I think Cinemax is coming out with one, or if they don't have one, it's already out. Um, there's there's companies that uh, that kind of mimic having cable. Sling TV is one, where essentially you are watching what's on TV, but with uh, a set amount. Now, of course, when you add all of, all of these things together, you are going to pay. Like if you're a person that has Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, uh, HBO Now, Showtime Now, or whatever it's called, to Sling TV, that is going to be pretty pricey. But you're also you're you're stacking all these things are exactly the same like i have netflix i won't i don't want to get amazon prime because it's essentially the same and from all the same stuff now when amazon prime comes out with content that are is there either original content or content that's worth me watching maybe i'd get it um but it's not worth me getting so i i stick with personally netflix uh hbo now because i really like hbo's content it's a lot of it's a lot of good fun and then, uh, and then other ways to get media uh, content uh, directly to me, illegally, maybe. Well, we don't know any about that. I don't know nothing about that. No, Bushwhacker. Bushwhacker. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which we've been talking for a little while. Um, did you want to get a, uh, get going with this uh, this review of the Hateful Eight, Tarantino's eighth film? Released in 2015. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Why the hell not? Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tons and tons of spoilers, guys. Um, It is a great film. I'd like to start off with that. 
It's a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it already and you are about to listen to this, I personally recommend don't listen to this part of it. Um, <laughs> you know, d- w- go see the film or wait um, – you know, wait to see, wait till it comes out or what have you, and then come back to us and let us know how we did or how we depicted it, uh, and let us know what you thought of the film as well. Because really appreciate it if you guys let us know um, on uh, on our mediums. Of course, we can hit us up on Twitter or also on SoundCloud or iTunes, whatever you want, whatever <laughs> your heart desires. But uh, yeah, so how how would you like it? You you could start off for us. Uh, let me. If if this is to me, this was a very much a homage to his first film. Yes, um, with um, Reservoir Dogs. Kind of, kind of. It was to me. It was kind of built the same way, where it yeah. wasn't so much uh, immediate action. Um, really trying to tell the story first, mm-hmm. instead of where um, probably if if Pulp Fiction is number one to me, Django's number two. And Django literally pulled me in within the first five minutes of that film. Yeah, with, it's crazy. Yeah, with especially with the uh, performance by um, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. There you go. Um, I mean, literally, first five minutes, you're there. You know, it's a Tarantino movie. You know, I, you didn't even have to read anything at the beginning for the titles to know that that was Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you didn't even have to. Django's is a very um, particular movie that i came i went to watch and i didn't at the time i don't know what was happening i wasn't watching many movies i'm not sure what i was doing i was working um and we a a co-worker of mine went to go we went to go see the movie and i think it was like the day after christmas because i believe that django came out on christmas day not last year but of course the year before i believe and yeah yeah, and um came out i think because he always pushes out stuff in december but um we went to see it, and for some reason, I just was completely blanking on the film. Like I was like, "What is this about?" I, I even went up to the to the ticket booth to buy the ticket, and I was like, "Yeah, can I get one for Django?" <laughs> and the the she was, a, she was a bitch. I don't I don't like her, but I <laughs> of course I didn't know who she was. But she was like Django, and I was like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> they gave me one ticket, of course. But I was going into the film not knowing anything about it. Like I didn't see any trailers. Um, I didn't see. I didn't necessarily know that it was a Tarantino film, because uh, at the time I wasn't too versed on like film and um, and anything related to that. I, I enjoy film. I wa- I've watched different kinds of film in the past. Um, I was just wasn't really like looking at it in a different angle um, like I am now. Sure. But um, you know, going into the film and automatically I did notice. I was like, wait a second, this is kind of like something else I've seen. And um, the way Pulp Fiction kind of starts off. It's kind of is kind of slow, but when they like bring out the guns, um, like in the very first scene when they're the shit, I can't think of the two actors, but two actors are talking. They're thinking about robbing the the bar, or the cafe that they're at, and she pulls out her gun and she says, "Don't you motherfuckers move, or I'll blast every single motherfucking one of you." And like yeah. I was like yeah. that, you know, I, I could see where they were going with the film, especially when Christoph Watts blew off the head of the guy uh, in that in Django, but. Related to, because uh, this is a, a, a review of the Hateful Eight. If you guys don't know, because uh, we're talking a lot about Django, but um, you know, related to Django, I could I could agree with you with you know kind of tying in with uh, it kind of being slow, it drawing more of a backstory of how like all about the characters and things like that, um, and it's built like a play as well, which I really enjoy too. 
Yeah, I noticed that in almost immediately, especially mm-hmm. with them. Um, his, his movies are structured that way to do like because he set it up in chapters. Yeah, and and he he does this in a couple of especially with uh, Kill Bill. Kill Bill was set up the same way, and in Glorious but, Bastards were too, right? Yeah, chapter one, you know, and explaining that and going going that way. So that I kind of expected, mm-hmm. but at the same time. The story, with the exception of one part in it, was very linear, where it told, like, from beginning to end. Yeah. Whereas oh, yeah, you're right. Other you're films, right. It wasn't that way. Um, you know, Pulp Fiction was one that jumped around a lot. Even even Reservoir Dogs, that I, I it kind of reminded me of, Reservoir Dogs jumped around a lot. A lot, yeah. Which you mentioned that earlier. Um, which... Um, but this one was very linear, and with mm-hmm. them explaining a lot more of the characters wise, you felt a little bit more of a connection to to the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could agree. The chapters are really great. There's about six chapters. It is well, there is six chapters. Chapter one starts off with the last stage to Red Rock, and essentially what the film is about is about these eight guys, eight people that are in this Habernashi uh, outlasting a blizzard. And this is one of two movies that come out this year about blizzards or at least essentially outlasting a blizzard um uh there was a film with oh shit um the revenant uh with tom hardy and um leonardo DiCaprio. there was also about a blizzard essentially outlasting it or doing something related to that uh, uh, nature was a big big yeah. deal with this have, uh, film have you gotten to see that though the revenant? yes yes really really yeah. good. oh sorry about that uh oh. Yeah, really, really good, great film. Uh, I really enjoyed The Revenant a lot. Actually, yeah. I haven't finished it completely. I do have to. Um, I have to. I literally, I was watching and I fell asleep. Uh, it was a great film. I was just <laughs> incredibly tired that day, and I, was, I have like the last twenty minutes to watch, uh, which I'm, I'm probably going to hit up tonight. This is only twenty minutes or so. But um, both films are great. Both, in particular, The Hateful Eight is filmed incredibly, incredibly well with the nice, especially when they're outside within the blizzard um with this nice white rolling hills of white snow and uh the dark dark material that the actors are wearing uh just it it contrasts the contrast is really really great between the two i really enjoy how it was filmed and he filmed Um, it very similar a lot to the way in which he did django which you can you can see that he's filming he he films the same way but mm -hmm. he's starting to film different things especially with like um following the horses while they were outside i mean that that to me there was one scene in it that was very much like a scene in django kind of the same way when they were in the snow yeah um so that that was kind of a a pretty cool little if you want to call it an easter egg i'll call that an easter egg yeah and the and the point that where they were they were all in the stagecoach in the beginning they were all uh, they were all black horses except one in the in the front, which was a white horse. For some reason, that that like pointed out to me. It, it look again. It was all contrast. I could notice when the filming was taking place, which whoever the cinematography is, whoever runs that, um, it was, did great. But the contrast between blacks and whites with the snow and the even to the point where it's one white horse with the black horse. It just look. It's really it's really really great. Um, but of course, that first chapter was chapter um, last. Uh, stage. Uh, sorry, the yeah last stage, uh, last to, stage Red to Red Rock. Rock. Yeah, yeah, last stage to Red Rock, and it was um, essentially where Kurt Russell or the Hangman or uh, John Ruth 
uh, met Samuel Jackson character, which is uh, Major Marquess. Major Marquess. Yeah, and, and, and the, this up, it's a group of bounty hunters. These two are bounty hunters. Yeah, um, where Major Mark West is found uh, on the roadway because his horse is dying, and he's got three or four bounties that he needs to take to Red Rock um, to turn in to get his money. Yeah, um, and what Kurt Russell's inside the stagecoach. Kurt Russell's inside the yeah. stagecoach, and um, the the guy that's you know steering the holding the horses and, and leading the way. Uh, Ob uh, tells him to talk to talk to the good old Kurt Russell, which is the John Ruth, and John Ruth is also a a um, bounty hunter that has um, Debbie Dom Domergu, and uh, she is worth ten thousand dollars, and essentially she's like just outlaw that is a, a part of a gang, which we'll get to in a moment, yeah. and um, he's also bringing her to Red Rock to have her hang, and uh, that's why they call it the Hangman, because when the Hangman gets you, you hang. Uh, which is one, something that Major Marquess said. It and, ain't, um, you ain't supposed to work that hard. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> supposed to be easy either. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, uh, you knew, the, though, that it was setting up to be a, a pretty good movie with the violence, though. Whenever she makes, uh, Daisy Domagu makes a slide remark to Marquess because she can't believe that uh, John Rue is letting the black guy get in the stagecoach yeah. with her or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he elbows the shit out of her and goes, when my elbow meets your nose, that means shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it? You got I it. Got tell it. me you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's, like, licking her lips. She, you could tell really off the top, you know, it's going to be a pretty crazy violent film. And for the most part, it it wasn't. Uh, for the first, like like we like we said earlier, for the first, like, 120 minutes of it um it was really just um just dialogue of of uh three well four uh people in the stage coach, coach until they got to the haberdashy um, yeah but uh so going on to forward chapter two is son of a gun and this is when um chris mannix uh comes in the sheriff of red rock and he comes in and actually introduces himself to yeah. uh, John Ruth and Major Marquess. Um, was, and what uh, happened? What happens is he also essentially is in this blizzard. A lot of people are walking, you know, lost their horses in this blizzard, and they he wanted to pitch a ride as well. And he um, he makes this argument about you know if well y'all going y'all going to Red Rock, huh? Y'all gonna get paid with them bounties? Well, that's the plan. Well, guess what, Bushwhackers? I'm the new sheriff. And y'all, I'm I'm the one that's supposed to pay y'all. So if y'all want to get paid, y'all going to give me a ride. Ooh, y'all uh, having a bounty hunter picnic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it, Major Mark West's head looking at me? <laughs> that's me. And that's my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the dialogue in, in particular is just is so, so hilarious. But especially the tension between Major Mark West and um, Chris Mannix, the sh Sheriff Mannix. The, the dialogue between the two are awesome. And they were also in a film together, Django actually, where Chris Mannix, um, I don't remember the, the gentleman's name that plays it, but he was one of the rednecks of the, um, of the movie and of Django. Well, he, was, uh, he was working with uh, Michelle Candy. Yeah, Michelle uh, Candy. Take, taking all of them back, back to it. And when Jamie Foxx looks at him and goes, I'm a ride in the moonlight with you, boy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, no, it was the other way around. Uh, oh, Chris, yeah, yeah, the yeah. gentleman that plays Chris Mannix, and they've yeah. said, I'm going to go ride in the moonlight with you, boy. 
You want to hold my hand? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's already been a part of a Tarantino film before, so we kind of – I could see where he was coming from, but he was definitely a big part of this film. Um, yeah. Really big part. I think he was – him and, of course, Samuel Jackson was probably the number one and number two people that were in this film that was really, really main characters. Uh, Kurt Russell was great in it, though. And uh, once they hit up the Habernashi, then just pretty much – then all hell broke loose, and then it was a true Tarantino film uh, through and through, kind of almost nonstop when it started. When it started, it was really nonstop. Um, it was a, it was a ton of fun though. I really I really enjoyed. Once it started, you know, it kept going from there. Yeah, um, and, and especially, I enjoyed how with Mark West, it started to click with him what the fuck was going on before, you know, it, it happened basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and when the shit really hit the fan and and these guys are here to break out Debbie Domagoo uh and they poison the coffee and, and Kurt Russell gets killed and Mark West is is basically calling him out on every bluff because uh, apparently these guys had come in and killed many and 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 everybody that owns the Happy Haberdashery. Yeah, Happy um, Dave or uh Oh man! Uh, yeah, is it Sweet Happy Dave. Dave? Sweet, Sweet Dave. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Dave's chair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, pretty much what, and this is really where the huge spoilers are coming into play, is that the beginning, the actual beginning of the film was this drawn out uh, pan shot of this coach ride coming up, and you could see a crucifix um, in the in the foreground, and they were in the background, and they were pulling up towards you, and then it jumped to Kurt Russell being in the uh, being in there. Well, essentially, what it was when they. When Tarantino decided to do this um, thing, he, he essentially jumped backwards and introduced the gang. The what was the game? Uh, what was the gang called? Um, it was. Uh, oh, it's. It was her. It was. It was supposed to be Daisy's brother, and Daisy's yeah. brother was the main one. On yeah, which was all of that. Um, which was played by Channing Tatum for everyone that wanted to know. Which was a incredibly crazy yeah. introduction to uh to the film was channing tatum being in uh, a part of the cast which really tarantino is known for i didn't really didn't see that coming at all yeah um that was kind of out of left field for me kind of in the same way um i really did not expect brad pitt to have played the role that he did in inglorious bastards and, and he did a great job doing that oh yeah um, yeah absolutely um but with with that i can't even find the name of uh the gang. Of the gang, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. worries. But it was a uh, gang that was affiliated with Debbie Domagru, and it was her gang, and uh, her brother was the leader, and then, um, which of course played by Channing Tatum, and they all took over the Habernashi, knowing that Domagru was coming there to essentially um, stay and outlast the blizzard, and they were going to kill um, John Ruth, Kurt Russell, and uh, anybody that was affiliated with him as well, which of course would have been Samuel Jackson's character, Major Marquess. And any, anything like that, of course. But um, what happened was someone poisoned the uh, the coffee, and Kurt Russell and Ob uh, drank it, and they were just <laughs> that that particular moment. I died laughing because <laughs> yeah, the yeah. the amount of of vomit and blood that was coming out of their mouth was insane. Yeah, and uh, it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> just I I could not help but laugh. It was it was a very intense scene. And the music that was playing with it was very intense. And uh, Kurt Russell, before he died, was like just hammering down on Domergu and just like fucking murdering her almost. 
and like to the point where like i think she busted he busted out her front teeth yeah um and uh through this whole film they're chained together as well so damargu um ends up grabbing john ruth's gun his pistol and shoots him right in the chest and he dies but dies on top of her almost and uh he's chained she's chained to him and kurt russell's a big guy in this film and he she can't necessarily move so what happens is of course uh major marquess notices and essentially lines everybody up on the wall and uh of course goes to the you know tries to pick out who's a part of the gang which spoiler alert it's every single one of them that's a part of the game except (laughs) um chris mannix which is the uh, sheriff which of course both mannix and major marquess have uh been had this tension and they finally kind of come together and you know take down almost take down these um the this gang that that happens essentially uh you know yeah but it you know the ending was awesome what do you think about the ending i think it was it was the only way that they really could have ended it yeah um i i think it was very tarantino Mm -hmm. to have all of them die (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> um, but which which you could say that they implied. they all died. Yeah, 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 it's implied that they did, but they may not necessarily have. But I think uh, them hanging her at the end of that film to um, make sure that the hangman's bounty hung. Yeah, that was perfect. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought that was that was great. You, yeah. what did you think? So so I actually have a. Um, a little confession. So the before this film was out, um, before this film came out or anything like that, the, the his script, Tarantino's script for the Hateful Eight got leaked, and there was tons and tons of things that happened. Or the, sorry, um, you know, tons and tons of people read it and knew what was going to happen. So Tarantino was like, "Okay, I'm going to shelve this and not worry about it." So he said, "Fuck it, I'm not going to even do it." So he came back to it, but apparently in the script, the ending, the only thing that changed in the film from the leaked script to the actual movie is the ending, and where there was a particular scene in before the, before it actually ended, where Chris Mannix was trying to cut this deal, or I'm sorry, uh, Domergue was trying to cut this deal with Chris Mannix of killing Major Marquess, waiting out the blizzard until the rest of the game came to save them, and then Chris Mannix could take the dead bodies around him as a bounty because they were all worth eight thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars and which is a lot of money um to red rock and then of course claim the money and mark west was kind of calling around on it and he passes out and then he passes out with his gun laying next to him and um before that um major mark west got shot in the leg almost or in his in his in, was it in his dick actually <laughs> Did he get well, shot yeah, in the dick? He, he shot his balls off. Yeah. <laughs> which Tarantino is really well known for is to shoot people in the nuts, which is uh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost every film is somebody got shot in the nuts. But um, so he's laying down in the bed and he can't move, but he's like, you know, communicating. He's being incredibly loud. He, uh, when Channing Tatum, uh, Domingo's brother, comes up out of the basement because he's the sh- guy that shot him through the, through the floor. Um, he, he, he doesn't even let the guy talk. He shoots him right in the, right in the <laughs> yeah, half, shoot. which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Turns and looks at, at Daisy. Uh, it's good to see her. Some kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just about that time. It just boom. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Daisy Domergue was just yelling. Oh, he was giving up. Well, he was taking too damn too long. long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, so he's bedridden essentially. And 
he's yelling at um, Chris Mannix to wake up while then Domergue's chomping off um, the dead Kurt Russell, um, John Ruth's arm to get away from to get away from the body that's holding her down and tries to reach for the gun. So in the leaked uh, ending, in the leaked uh, script that came out before the film was actually, of course, um, made, uh, Domergue actually was able to get the gun and shoot Major Marquess where he was de- then dead. And then, of course, uh, Chris Maddox woken up from his um, faintness and shot Domergue. And then the ending was the same, of course, hanging the actual guy. But as far as the ending that happened here, I liked it a lot. Because in the beginning of the film, both Chris Maddox and Major Marquess were incredibly, incredibly, like almost hated each other to an extent. They were going back and forth, bickering and bickering. And in the end, they kind of... Um, was uh, brothers of sorts, and it, it was a good. It was a good ending. You could be, you could look at it in different ways. It could be a sappy ending where it was like, oh, they were, oh, they were friends at the end, or you know, you could look at it as a original Tarantino film and like blood everywhere, just, blood absolutely everywhere. But uh, I did enjoy the ending, the way that they hung Daisy Domergue like John Ruth needed it to do. Um, was really great. I really did enjoy it. It was, it was a lot so. of fun. And, yeah. and they set it up really well, though, with with them having the conflict because, um, you know, Major Mock West was a major in the Union Army uh, with the cavalry during yeah. the Civil War, and Chris Mannix was part of his dad's um, renegade militia for the Confederacy after the war had ended. Yeah, um, and and uh, Chris Mannix was very very vocal about his daddy. Uh, you know, saying oh, yeah. to Kurt yeah. Russell, like, you don't talk about my daddy. He was fighting for just cause, and he was fighting for our brothers. So <laughs> he was Yo, incredibly our brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they they set that up really well, and they even set up probably the best scene of the movie up really well. When they got to the haberdashery, there's one character that's not that doesn't have any affiliation with the gang. And it's just so happens to be this old decrepit man. that <laughs> yeah. was a general for, with the Confederacy. Yeah. Which the gang um, let, uh, be yeah. alive because they, they came in just mowing down everybody in the Habernashi, except this old, uh, Confederate. Um, I think he was a Colonel. General man, yeah. General. Yeah. General. Um, so they, just to kind of let the, you know, of course, uh, tie in the effect that they were actually a part or they were different people and what have you, that they weren't a gang. But go ahead. Well, I mean, they set that part up great because Mark West goes and, and sits with him um, because General Smithers is there to find his uh, his son who went up to make a fortune, basically, after uh, the war because this mm. is set in Wyoming. Yeah, um, and I think they they say something to the effect that that Smithers was living in in uh, Kentucky because mm-hmm. he bred horses or something like that. So his son goes and he he goes up to Wyoming to make a fortune. And it turns out that fortune was actually after uh, Major Mark West's own bounty that was placed on him by the Confederate Army after the war. Yeah, um, which was you know five thousand at the end of the war. So it would have been. Uh, decent enough for enough people to have come and tried to kill him. Uh, and so he's sitting there and he's talking to General Smithers and he tells Smithers, um, I know uh, what day your boy died. And Smithers is just begging, begging um, Mark West to tell him what day is. 
son died. He said it the day he met me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Which just put chills down my spine. It was actually a very intense moment. And uh, Samuel Jackson pulled it off really, really well. And he did go into a story that was pretty graphic. I think you tell the story better than me. Um, so why don't you tell, tell yeah, the audience? Made, I made him strip down to, to nothing but his, shoe, his boots. Yeah. And made him walk for two hours. Uh, but made, made his kid walk butt-ass naked in the Wyoming winter um, through the snow for two hours. And he's, he's telling General Smithers this the entire time. And just the anguish on the general's face, you can just tell that he's just he's hating that he's having to hear his son die like this, basically. Yeah, and his general uh, son's just telling him that his life story, begging that, you know, he has his, he has, he talked about his dad and everything like that. And that's how, of course— yeah. Marcus West, uh, Major Mark West knows, you know, that General Smithers is the father of the son of the gentleman that he, he killed. Yeah, and, and t- it says basically he gets to a point to where, you know, you know what your son begged for at the end? He didn't beg for his life because he already knew that was gone. He, he begged for a blanket. Now, don't feel bad about your boy now, General. You ain't never been as cold as your boy has. And you know what I made him do for that blanket? <laughs> I made him suck on my big black dingers. <laughs> that is so fucking hilarious. Yeah, I made your son crawl through the, <laughs> through the snow <laughs> all the way up to my big black Johnson. Yeah. And I pulled out my big black Johnson. I grabbed a head full of his hair and shot my dingus down his throat. <laughs> And there was blood in it too, so it was, it was warm. warm. It was real warm. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, flashing back to this actually happening, um, you know the 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 effect of the son of General Smithers just sucking on, slobbering all over Marquez's giant. Uh, what is he called? Uh, Johnson, Johnson is, is dingus. Dingus. Is yeah. dingus. <laughs> the terminology that they use is amazing, but. Um, yeah, I was I was speaking to you before about this, but the there was I um, Samuel Jackson could have told this story without any flashbacks, just telling the story by himself, and it still would have creeped to me the wrong way. It was really really weird, but it was yeah. a great great part um, of the film was that was awesome. hilarious at the same time as well. And even afterwards, the next chapter was Damrigu has a secret where Tarantino introduced. Uh, he was actually a narrator on the on in this particular. Um, scene where he was introducing the next chapter um and he said even to the fact where where marquis west was talking about black uh white men and black dicks uh yeah. <laughs> saw something else <laughs> so <laughs> it was just incredibly funny they made light of it really really well um uh and of course unfortunately for uh uh general smithers his son didn't get that blanket and his son died. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, which caused uh, the general to pick up a pistol that Major Marquess laid in front of him and try to shoot Major Marquess. And of course, didn't achieve that because Marquess is quick on the fingers now. Oh, man. His, his dangus is warm. Oh, real warm. Real warm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know, of course, for our listeners, we were jumping a lot of back and forth with the review of the hate flight but all in all i think if i had to rank this with one in ten or better yet i I don't like to do that because the tarantino's films are just always really good we we suck on tarantino's dingus all day long 
but okay. uh, his, his films are great uh, a lot of people are gonna really hate us because we you know are um just uh lovers of tarantino but i, I really well, enjoy his and, films and especially with a lot of the controversy that he's always in with as much violence as he puts in his films and really here recently with a lot of his um comments about law enforcement that has a lot of people upset and that was a major reason why i waited a little while before i went and saw it Mm -hmm. um because i was it's it's a little odd for me to spend money that claims that police officers are murderers that's just a that was that was tough for me but oh i didn't even know he said that well yeah he went to a, a rally in new york city and has basically come out and said that all cops are murderers and oh, damn. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, he may but, be doing that for shock value, though, as well. Well, it's Tarantino. All, all of all of Hollywood are, are is the majority of them are, are backward liberals to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah. It just it still does not ruin the fact that his films are incredible. Yeah, uh, and this one was just as good. And I will. Uh, continue to watch it as as much as I've watched his rest of his films. Yeah, I, I think as far as ranking them, I'd like to rank my top three Tarantino films, and this is how I'm going to rank this movie, essentially. I would say if, if I had to do a number ranking between 1 and 10, being 10 being excellent, the best movie ever, or what have you, I would give this a 9.5 because I thought it was really, really great. Uh, however, ranking it between Tarantino films, I, had, I have to give Pulp Fiction number one because I really enjoy Pulp Fiction. And then... The Hateful Eight, number two, and Django, right, right, squeaking in right below The Hateful Eight and number three. Because uh, both The Hateful Eight and Django are really, really similar, being, you know, taken back to the Old West, essentially. Um, and uh, b- really great films. I think The um, uh, the Hateful Eight had me laughing and cringing and, uh, you know, awing and everything like that more than... The uh, it just had a ton of emotions in the film more than it did more than Django did, but Django was still a great film. Yeah. I know you like Django. You liked Django better. I it's I think a major reason for that though is Christoph Waltz's performance in that movie. It just, made it just blew me away. Yeah, it made it. Um, I think uh, also Leonardo DiCaprio's film. Uh, um, you know him being in such a small part, not necessarily as much as Christoph Waltz was, but uh, him being in kind of a smaller part of it a little bit of the film still made the film as well those two characters really did make the film yeah and and that's another prime example of why i cannot understand that dicaprio cannot win an academy award he has to win a award after the relevant the revenant his his depiction of um of candy was was as perfect of a white southern slaver as probably that you would have gotten out of out of any actor yeah. And he's trying to depict that. Uh, and even when the story broke that he actually cuts his hand in the middle of that one performance and continues to perform and just wipes his hand off nonchalantly as if it's part of the fucking movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. You, that's gold. Yeah, that's that's acting right now, right there, for real. It's it's Yeah, he, he's a great, great guy. If, if you guys haven't um, seen The Revenant, which is his most latest film with Tom Hardy, which Tom Hardy's also a great guy. I've oh been, yeah, been he, just amazing actor. Um, watch that movie because I think we may do something related to that. Maybe a quickie review on that film because it's it's a lot of fun uh, as well. But uh, how would you rank the? Uh, what? No, first, yeah, you're you. 
like Django better than you did like the Hateful Eight, but also your wife did, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah. You, you but, let me know that you guys watched it last night, right? Yeah, my wife and I though we really really like Django, uh, which that was the first Tarantino movie that she saw before I had her watch. Um, the Pulp originals. Fiction and, and the originals. Yeah. I'm sorry. So she's seen Pulp Fiction before. Yeah. I'm getting calls <laughs> from the fucking peanut gallery over here telling me how <laughs> much more she she wanted she saw the other one. Yeah. She she enjoyed Pulp Fiction, but her favorite one is Django. Yeah. Um, and I, we watched Django a bunch. I, one out of ten. The film to me was an eight and a half to a nine. Okay. Um. Respectively, respectively, I because you have to reserve that right to have something better. Yeah. Um, but as far as the films go, it's it's Pulp Fiction is number one, just because it is a classic. Yeah, Tarantino yeah. It, it, film. It's a classic. You can't really do anything about it. No, it you know, even though that you know these like uh, the Hateful Eight may be a better movie than. Pulp Fiction, but it's Pulp Fiction the classic, which I think Pulp Fiction is a better movie than The Hateful Eight. But I think so. But Django is number two, and it's a toss-up for me between Inglorious Bastards and this movie. Yeah, um, I can see where you're coming from. Inglorious Bastards was a really good film too. Oh yeah, 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 just really, really good. Um, uh, yeah, I can see where you come from. Kind of uh, mimicking me a little. Well, not necessarily. Of course, Pulp Fiction universally is a really great film for almost everyone. But uh, I, I really enjoy The Hateful Eight. I, I could sit through. I also watched a ton of Django. Um, I got it on Blu-ray. I watched it on Blu-ray. It's on Netflix now. I watched it on Netflix. and uh, But I could I could see myself. Maybe it's just a breath of fresh air for me for a Tarantino film, a new Tarantino film and I, that I'm excited about. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, this may change, and we'll keep you guys updated on uh, on that or not. Maybe We're going to continue to suck on Tarantino's dingus. Yeah. For now, we are so all now. on his dingus. dingus. It's going to be warm, too. Mm. Ooh, it's going to mm. be warm. <laughs> uh, but do we have anything else to add? Um, <sighs> I think I think we did. Uh, uh, we butchered the review of The Hateful Late. We apologize for that. Yeah, we fucked that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are not... Um, you know, uh, movie reviewers by um, we we aren't professional mo- movie reviewers, but we do we try our best. People, what we would say is that I, I you know what I'm just gonna cut all that out and say this. I'm gonna just cut when I edit. I'm gonna cut all that out and I'm gonna say uh, just go watch the film. You fox, please. <laughs> no, because but you, you should go yeah. watch it. I'm not a movie reviewer by any stretch of the imagination because usually if a movie shows me a pair of tits, it, it makes them, it gives it a couple of inches higher. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, boobs. Okay. What if it's what if it's dicks? Like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I love you, Sarah Marshall. Is that what it is? Oh, that's. Uh, Where, I'm sorry. That was a good movie, though. It was a good movie. It, it goes. It's my dick doesn't love you or something. Yeah, <laughs> my dick knows that you're a fucking devil. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, that, that scene was, that though, was at the beginning movie. just set that entire movie up, though, too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which did you see the one right after that? It's supposed to be in the same universe. Get him to the Greek at Joe yeah. Hill and, and the same guy. Yeah, uh, uh, R- R- Russell Brand. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It was funny. They had funny parts. I'm I don't sure. think um, Jonah Hill really like was on my radar at that time until he did um, shit. I can't think. Well, I guess Superbad, but I think Superbad was before that. So he like was on my radar yeah. during Superbad, but that he really was... got on my radar during the the. Um, this is the end. Well, that and he did. Um, 
He, he Moneyball. Was a major role in Moneyball, and yeah. he did a major role um, in um, Wolf shit. of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. That's yeah. it. That that was probably a, a film that both of them could have gotten Academy Awards for. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wolf of Wall Street was really well. I, I saw that on Christmas Day, and it was incredibly uncomfortable during like the one minute long sex scene. That was just one shot. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was really <laughs> uncomfortable because I was with my fiance, and there was a ton of old people in the audience thinking that this was going to be like a Wall Street film, um, you know, oh. depicting money and you know, uh, you know, things like that, kind of like you know, sleazy stuff, stuff that they wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch, you know, essentially. And they were during that particular set, they were walking out of the door, or really, it was funny too because. There was kids there, and this had to be pretty late. This was like nine, ten o'clock at night, and pretty late for kids. And um, there, the beginning scene of the Wolf of Wall Street, where he snorts coke out of the the lady's the ass. ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they. I, I <laughs> the mom goes, oh, and then she walks out. <laughs> she walks out with her kids. So, and then, and then like two or three and four more people just like just rolled out of the rolled out of the film. You know, we have we have these ratings for a reason. I, I don't understand why people just completely ignore uh, a lot of these rating systems. Yeah. The same way that 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 they they were reporting that people were walking out of the theater because they brought their kids to see South Park the movie when it came out <laughs> in the it's early, a cartoon. It's a yeah, I guess but it's fucking <laughs> South Park. Yeah, it's exactly. Big rated R. Why are you taking your kid to a rated R film? Yeah, uh, those uh, fucking people. I don't think I. You know, it, it's funny too because would you ever show your kid like how old would your kid have to be until you showed him Pulp Fiction through and through until you you showed him or her uh, Pulp Fiction? Probably thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. You know, well, even maybe, even maybe the 12, the butt you know. sex scene. Yeah, even. But, <laughs> At 13 or 14, uh, well, probably 12, I knew what that shit was. Yeah. <laughs> and I was watching that at that age. So That's I because your really parents say. got dial-up at the time. and you were dark, they, That was right when the dark web came out, and you were really searching the web for some oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, Chicks with dicks. Pixelated bukkake. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. I could see, you know, from the privacy of your home, showing your son or, or daughter or whom have you sure. these rated R films, and you can kind of know what's coming out. You cover up the eyes and things like that. But even then, it was very incredibly uncomfortable, me knowing, like, I remember watching 8 Mile with my mom and my uncle, and the the sex scene happened in the in, while well, he's at work. And mom was like, cover your eyes. And I was like, what the fuck? It was incredibly uncomfortable. So I, maybe you're right. Maybe... 12, 13, 14 is a little bit better to watch these rated R films, but definitely don't bring them to the theater because yeah, you don't why, know what's going to happen. Why are you bringing kids to the theater? You're going to the theater because you haven't seen this movie before. Yeah. Why would you take that jeopardy of you know that chance to um, have your son ha- see a big penis in his face or something? Yeah, in full 3D or yeah, <laughs> uh, like Jackass when they did three 3D and they oh, yeah. immediately like the first. Um, 15 minutes of the film, they had the dildo that flies directly yeah. at the audience. <laughs> the, I mean, that why, was why funny. do you want to do that? So, uh, oh, yeah. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But, um, well, I don't. Th- do we have anything else to add to this uh, special edition of Schmucks on a Podcast? Do we want to fuck anything else up? I, nah, don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe next time, guys. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, what's this? Oh. What's oh, this? Shit. Wait, he's doing this shit again? Oh. I'm straight I'm straight hammering the beat down. 
Cuz. We, we doing this shit. I feel that fire all the way over here. <laughs> it's lit. It's What's that? Oh, we calling people from the jail cell. We call motherfuckers from the jail cell. Bitches be, be getting our phone calls. Better better hit zero and answer it. Collect. You better believe it. Yeah. Tarantino, we sucking your dick real good. Yeah, it's real warm. It's real, real warm. Tarantino better believe it. Tarantino better believe it. Yeah, we sucking your dick real good, baby. Sucking your dick real good. Uh. All right. That's all of um, Schmucks on Podcast. Take care, fellas. Take care. <laughs> what the fuck did I just do? What?